if you have your Bible, once you turn with me to um, to Proverbs chapter 24, and I want you to see this verse, and we're going to get to it in just a minute. But we're continuing our series called Extraordinary Living. And, uh, you know, John 10, 10 says, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Now, that that's what the Lord declared that he, he came to the earth for. Jesus said, I came that you might live basically in an abundant, an overflowing, and better than average, an extraordinary kind of life. Whenever you decide to serve the Lord, the Lord will improve your life. He'll make your life better than you ever dreamed it could be. He can take you from the pit and he can just take you out of it and he can put you on the mountaintop. Amen. How many of y'all believe that this morning? All right. I want to make sure I'm talking to the right crowd. In week one, we talked about living a grace-filled life. The more you live in the grace of God, you walk in the grace of God, the better off you'll be in life because God's grace helps you with your past, helps you in the present, and he gives you a bright future. Amen. And But then we talked about winning the invisible spiritual battle. Whether we like it or not, we're going to fight spiritual battles all through our Christian walk. There's an enemy out there that you can't see with the naked eye, but he is out there and he doesn't like you. He doesn't like the church and he'll do everything he can to try to steal everything that's valuable to you. So you got to learn how to do warfare and win the spiritual battles. Amen. And then we talked about in week three, a healthy soul. You know, your soul has to be healthy if you're really going to enjoy all the other blessings of life. You can have a bunch of money, but if you're empty inside, if your soul is not healthy, you're not going to be doing good. You can only enjoy the outward blessings of God to the extent that your inner man is prospering, right? And so we talked about that. Mind, emotions, and will have to all be healthy. Now, today I want to talk to you about you know, another key that I think that we must learn to live an extraordinary life. Just because you ask Jesus to forgive your sins and you become a Christian doesn't mean you're going to live an extraordinary life. There's many facets to an extraordinary life. And the more we learn about them and the more we apply them to our life, the be- the more we're going we're gonna to live that abundant life, right? So today I want to talk to you about developing perseverance. Now, perseverance is is a word that has many meanings, but I, I want to give it to you in the context of what we're talking about this morning. It's the continued pursuit of anything you undertake. Now, let me say it again. It's the continued pursuit of anything you undertake. It's not giving up or quitting in life. And so it, it's not giving up on a relationship because you got hurt. Like many people do. They get married, something happens, they jump out. It's not giving up on your visions and your dreams in your life. God gives us dreams and visions. But you know, those dreams and visions just don't happen automatically, right? It's continuing to work hard even though you don't see immediate results. We live in an instant generation where if I if I did something today and I don't get results today, then it's not worth it. Well, no, listen, some things that's of worth value, you got to persevere through the hard knocks if you want to get the results of the blessing and the benefit of it. Amen. I need a better amen right there. It's the ability to keep on going when things are, are rough and things get tough. You know, I heard a story one time in the beginning of the 19th century where they had these uh, these uh, gold miners and they bought this property because they, they heard there was an incredible amount of gold there. 
And so they dug and 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 they couldn't find this, this mine, this, this place where all this gold was supposed to be. So they just, they quit and they decided to sell it off. Well, this other company believed that there was gold there somewhere. So they bought it and they kept digging and digging. And it was only a few months later that they hit the gold mine and they got millions and millions of dollars. Don't you think the people that sold that thing had a, a heavy heart? They just gave up too early. And so I think sometimes the reason we don't succeed in life is because we give up too soon. We quit trying. We too easily accept failure and defeat when we get weak, weary, and tired. And that's understandable, right? Isaiah 40, 30 says, even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Even young people get tired. We all get tired. We all have times and seasons where we, we get weary and we lose our strength and we want to quit and give up. Have you ever felt like you wanted to give up? No, no, that's, that's, some of you are not being on. You ever felt like you wanted to give up? That's a little better right there. Especially when you've been struggling with problems and troubles for a long period of time. You know, somebody said it's the grind that gets us. It's the day in and day out, trouble after trouble, problem after problem. And have you noticed life is like that? And so it's the constant repetitive struggling through problems and adversity that tends to weaken us and weary us. But listen, we'll never live an extraordinary life unless we develop the spirit of perseverance. you got to develop perseverance. That ability to keep going even when you're going through seasons of adversity. I love Proverbs 24.10, which you should be there if you have your Bible, your phone, or whatever. But it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I, I love the way the New Living Translation says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. You know, you can only handle the problems of life to the extent that you're strong in the Lord. Amen? And so you see, you can't live an extraordinary life if you faint or give up when the problems or the pressures of adversity hit your life. Perseverance helps you live an extraordinary life. Sometimes we look at other people and we say, man, I wish I would have their success. I wish I would have the blessings in their life. But listen, the blessings that you see in other people's lives, it wasn't handed to them. They worked for it. They persevered through adversity. They persevered through problems to get what they have. Amen? To develop perseverance. How do you develop? Let me give you a couple of keys. you got to learn how to handle adversity. Adversity comes, right? Has anybody here not had adversity in life? Because if there's anybody in here, I want you to come up here, and I'm going to sit down. You preach to me, all right? No matter how successful we are, we will all face problems in times when things don't go our way. When things, when we have personal challenges. You say, well, man, if I was wealthy, I wouldn't have any problems. I promise you, you'll have problems. Well, you know, if, if I had and you can fill in the blank, I, then I would be great. No, no, adversity comes, right? We all face, we all go through seasons of adversity. And what's sad is many of us, we never advance in life when we go through adversity because we view our trials and troubles in the wrong way. And I think if we can change your perspective, then we can do better. 
We get bitter at God because he allows us to go through adversity when many times God allows us to go through adversity because he's trying to make us better, not bitter. We get angry at friends and family and then blame them for our troubles when ultimately God is just trying to help us. And, and ultimately, we begin to resent our adversity instead of embracing our adversity and get the blessing of it. Amen? And we far for the blessing that could come to us through adversity because we're just not looking at it in the right light. But the Bible helps us to switch our adversity. God will never waste an experience that we go through. All things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't mean that all things are going to be good, but all things will work out for our good if we learn to embrace it in the right way. Amen? So God allows us to go through adversity to grow our character. You know, listen, you never know what quality of character you really have till you go through a season of adversity. Everybody can be very godly when everything's going good, but what, when, what happens when somebody kicks you? What happens when somebody mistreats you? What comes out of you? And so listen, sometimes we'll never know until we go through adversity. First Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery troubles that are coming in order to test you. Don't feel as though something strange is happening to you. Now notice Peter says, don't be surprised by fiery troubles that are coming in order to test you. He said, don't be surprised. It's in tough times that you find out what you're really made of. Isn't that right? Adversity tests your quality of character and reveals what's really inside of you. And so, you know, I think that many people quit serving God. They get bitter. They, they just fall out of the, they, they just, they forfeit what God has for them because they misunderstand the adversity gone through. And instead of it becoming a friend, it becomes a foe. Proverbs 17.3 says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. God will allow us to go see through seasons of adversity to surface the impurities in our heart so that he can purify us. He don't want to just torture us because the very thing in our character could be the very thing keeping us from the next level of living. And God loves us enough not to leave us where we are in the state that we're in. He wants us to keep climbing. And he will allow us to go through a season of adversity so we can see the barrier that's in our own heart that is keeping us going to the next level. Amen? You know, the silversmith in biblical times, in the process to improve the quality of silver or gold, they would put the metal in the adversity of the fire in the furnace. And the fire of the furnace would liquefy the metal. And then when the metal would be liquefied, all of a sudden dross and impurities would surface. You couldn't tell it was in the middle until it got under the adversity of the fire. And then what the, the silversmith would do is he knew he would just, he would, uh, he would just take off all the impurities that would rise to the top and he would keep doing that. And the silversmith, you know, what I've read and heard is the silversmith knew that the metal was ready whenever he could look at the metal and see his own reflection. And so, you know, the Lord, I think, will allow us to go through adversity 
the fire of adversity to surface things in our heart and try to get them out of our life so that eventually he'll see his reflection in us and we'll be a little bit more like Jesus. Come on. Come on. How many of you say, oh my, amen. So how long does a process take until he can see himself? You see, adversity exposes what we need to deal with in our life, the impurities in our character, like wrong attitudes, wrong motives, areas of compromise in our life. But if we learn to cooperate with God and deal with those issues in our life, we can be promoted to the next level. Amen. You know, the teacher used to give us those pop quizzes and if we didn't do good on the pop quiz. She'd give us another one until we finally got those pop quizzes. And then she said, all right, now we'll go to the next lesson. Amen. Come on, how many of you ready to go to the next level? The next lesson, amen? And so God allows us to go through adversity, not just to grow our character, but to grow our faith. You know, you can't develop perseverance until you're strong in faith, right? And so you can't develop strong faith without going through seasons of testing and adversity. And so because of our because our faith grows when it's subjected to difficult and adverse situations, when faith is required of us, God doesn't allow us to have the life of comfort and ease because then we'll quit believing, we'll quit trusting, we'll quit having faith. But you have to have faith if you're going to live a persevering life. You have to trust God if you're going to get through the seasons of adversity. Amen? James 1.24 says, Consider it joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking anything. Now, James calls enduring trials as the testing of your faith. And so you never really know how strong your faith is until it's tested. You know how they test how strong metal is, they put it in a bind. They put it under pressure. And then they know how strong it is. And you never know how strong your test, your faith is until it's tested. And so remember when the disciples were in that great storm of adversity on the Sea of Galilee, right? And it was during that test of adversity that their doubt and belief began to surface. You remember what they told Jesus? I'm going to read it to you. It's in Mark 4:37. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Now, question, did Jesus care about the disciples' welfare? Of course he did. Do you think the disciples believed that Jesus cared for their welfare and safety? Of course they did. That's why they were in the boat with him. That's why they were following him. But yet, during the storm, they talked to him like he didn't care at all. It surfaced their doubt. And so sometimes we go through adversity and you want to know what's in your heart, how much faith you have when it's in seasons of adversity that you find out whether you really trust God, whether you really believe he's going to help you or not. Amen. And so when you realize that you, your faith has cracks in it, God is not doing that to try to torment you. He's trying to say, hey, let's work on your faith level a little bit. Amen. So. How do you strengthen your face? You put it in adversity. You know, faith is like a, a muscle, a physical muscle. You know, like, how do you strengthen your muscles? You put them 
in adversity of weightlifting. Now, some of us have no clue what that means, but, you know, some people do that, you know. But, you know, listen, you tear your muscles down with weight through adversity, and they get stronger. And your faith is like a muscle. Our faith develops perseverance when it goes through adversity. Does that make sense? So the more you experience trials and tribulations, the stronger your faith becomes and the more perseverance you develop. When you first get saved, you have some faith and, you you know, your faith level is like, God's going to make my life great. I'm not going to have any more problems. And then you start having problems and you're like, hey, Lord, I'm serving you. And then the Lord begins to coach you and he begins to teach you. Hey, I didn't tell you your life was going to be easy or you weren't going to have any problems and everybody was going to treat you like you were a king or a queen. But if you'll trust me, you'll get through this and you'll get a greater blessing on the other side. Amen. So listen, if you want stronger faith, it has to be subjected to adversity. How do you develop the the perseverance to not give up? Well, you got to have strong faith. How do you, how do you learn not to give up and quit when things get tough? You got to develop perseverance. Amen. And by developing perseverance, you begin to handle your problems in life. It's not that you don't go through problems, but you know what? You begin to handle them in a way that you never did before. You know, years ago, Tanya and I decided to do a triathlon. You know, in the triathlon, it's like, you know, um, it's like, uh, what was it? One mile swim. Uh, 24 mile bike and then a 5k run. Well, I couldn't do either one of those, much less all three of those. So I said, come on, Tanya, let's do this triathlon. Well, I could do one lap, not a mile. I could bike one mile, not 24, right? My, my tongue was hanging down, you know, it's like after a little bit of running and you ride the bike and then you try to you, you run after that and your legs are so tight and you're just like, oh man, it's like, do we really want to do this? There's no way we could have succeeded. But every day we put ourselves through adversity. We actually volunteered and exercised and exercised. And you know what? We did that triathlon, I'm telling you. And I got the shirt to show it. Now, we didn't win the triathlon. I'm just telling you, we did the triathlon. Amen. I mean, forget about winning, man. I wanted to get it done, baby. Amen. But we had to develop perseverance. And so if you're going through a trial adversity right now, you know, don't look at it as it's your foe. Look at it as your friend. And you have an opportunity to grow your faith. And it's growing your faith that's going to give you perseverance. And you're going to learn to overcome every trial and tribulation you go through in life. And you're going to live that extraordinary life. Amen? What allows, what God allows us to go through adversity so we can receive the blessing. Because every time we go through a, a, a time of adversity, there can be a blessing associated with it. You know, James says, consider it joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. If you don't give up, you're going to hit the gold mine. Amen. The finished work of perseverance is maturity, completeness, contentment, not lacking anything. 
The finished work of perseverance is God's gracious blessings in our life. Amen. And listen, sometimes the greatest blessings in life will come right after the greatest season of adversity. You know, listen, we always like to talk about, about Joseph and God, how God miraculously brought him from the pit to the palace. But we don't quite like to talk so much about how his brother sold him into slavery. That's why he ended up in the pit and why he was accused of raping when he wasn't doing anything and he ended up in the prison before he got to the palace. He had to go through adversity before he got to the palace. If he didn't know and if he wouldn't have had persevering faith, he would have gave up when he was in the pit. He would have gave up when he was in the prison and he would have never got to the palace. Come on. Come on. I believe God has some blessings for us in here. Amen. I want to encourage you today. The second way to develop perseverance is you got to learn how to lighten your load. You know, have you ever tried running for a distance? With, like running with something heavy in your hand and you try running, did you step on your tongue? <laughs> you know, it's hard to persevere. You can't run very far when you're carrying an abnormal amount of weight. You know, just not long ago, Penelope was at our house and I was her horse. And so, you know, of course, right? And so she got on my back and uh, I had needed to take her for a horse ride. And so I'm running around the living room and it didn't go long and I'm breathing hard and I can't go anymore. She said, come on, pie, let's go another time. I'm like, hold on a minute. I didn't have very much perseverance because I had an abnormal amount of weight I was carrying. And so the lesson here is you can't develop perseverance if you're carrying around unnecessary stress and unnecessary burdens. You can't live an extraordinary life. You can't live a great quality life if you're carrying around unnecessary baggage. Many of us are living exhausted lives. We're tired. We're, we're overwhelmed with stress and we're burdened down. Amen. I know it's probably none of you in here, but you might know somebody like that. But really, we get weighed down with financial pressure. We get weighed down with, with economic pressure, with, with relational pressure. It, it's, it's hard. Family pressure, business pressure, physical pressure, burdens. It can just tire you up, right? And you can't live a quality kind of life if you're carrying unnecessary Stress and burdens. You know, you know, whenever you do some study about stress and, and all that, the medical profession has said, listen, you know what's our main problem in society? It's really stress and un, unfounded burdens that we're carrying. In fact, they say, you know, physical problems like headaches, muscle tension, fatigue, digestive problems, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes. I mean, the list goes on. All these physical problems. And then it says, you know, we have, we have, uh, you know, um, all kind of emotional problems like anxiety disorder, restlessness, lack of motivation, irritability, anger, and it goes on. And then it talks about, you know, uh, then we have behavioral problems like overeating, anger, violence, drug and alcohol abuse, social withdrawal, and it goes on and on and on. 
Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. So many times it's not the physical demand of our life that weighs us down. It's really the internal weights of stress and unusual weight or burdens that we carry. Now, the question is, can we get through life without experiencing unusual burdens? I don't think we can. Can we go through life without experiencing times and seasons of stress? I don't think we can. I think every one of us, even if you're young, even if you're grade school, I mean, you're in grade school, you go to school and you got things going on in the classroom with, with friends in the classroom, a child endures stress and hardship. And if you, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, single, if you're married, you have children, it doesn't matter if you're older, it doesn't matter what season of life, man, burdens come, stress comes and it's a grind. It wears you down. And so we got to learn how to correctly unload our stress and our burdens if we're going to live an, ex- an extraordinary life. And so let me ask you a question. How do you normally unwind and unburden yourself? How do you deal with the stress of life? You know, some of us watch TV. Or you do like me and you eat all the chips in the pantry. Or maybe for you, it's sweets and Twinkies gets you. You take a good nap, you exercise, you listen to music. We all really have a way of coping with the burdens and the stresses of life. And all those things are okay in moderation, but none of those things will truly give you rest. They'll truly give you rest. The only way to truly lighten your load is to allow Jesus to help you right? That's the starting point and the key is to getting relief from the burdens and stresses of life. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me if you're weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And even as Christians, I mean, you know, I just told you about, you know, eating all the chips in the pantry. I'm, I'm serious. Whenever I'm stressed out, I want to go for the chips in the pantry. We all handle stress in different ways. And you know, as, as it's been said, we've got to learn to live a dual life where we're doing life and watching ourselves do life. How do you handle stress? Do you veg out on the couch? Do you, you know, close all the blinds, get in a dark place and just get depressed and, and, and just, you know, do something unhealthy? If we will learn to go to Jesus, we'll stay healthier. Come on, how many of you say, Todd, leave the chips alone? Amen. You need to grab your Bible, buddy. You need to pray. You need to ask God to help you. Amen. Y'all agree with that? All right. So do you. Only the Lord can give you true relief and spiritual rest. You know, whenever I was studying, you know, some of you are very familiar with this. Some of you maybe never heard of it, but there's an old classic hymn. That's called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Can I read it to you? Can I preach that hymn to you? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations 
Is there trouble everywhere? We should not be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can you find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows your every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find solace there. What a friend we have in Jesus. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a powerful message. Can we close in prayer? Right? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You know, you've heard me say this is the first passage of Scripture that the Lord ever spoke to me in the Bible. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen. If you need rest, ask Him to give you rest. Not not surface rest, but deep abiding rest. Where you can offload the burdens of life. Amen? I mean, have you noticed you try to share your burden with somebody and they kick it back on you? And she's like, well, I was trying to give you that burden. They're like, I don't want that. You know, what you need to do is you need to get godly. You need to forgive. You need to, you know, come on, you need to man up. You need to, come on, big boy, come on. It's like, oh, man, I was hoping for some sympathy here. That's the presence of God. That's the presence of God. Instead of calling somebody or venting on somebody, we need to learn to talk to God. He's the one that can do something about it. Amen. And normally what he does is he changes your attitude about it all. Amen. And then you're like, hey, everything's going to be all right. Come on. If you, if you receive this today, say amen. The third way to develop perseverance is take time to refresh your body and refuel your spirit. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as humans, we are tripart beings, which means we are spirit beings. We have a spirit. We also have a soul, and we live inside a body. Tripart beings, right? And last week, we talked about to live an extraordinary life, we need to take the time to nurture our souls. Mind, will, and emotions, right? But we also have to take time to refresh and nurture the other two parts of our being. Being our body and our spirit. And so, if any part of our beings are neglected, we're not going to live a healthy life. We got we, we to have balance in our life and we got to nurture every part of our life, right? It just got quiet in here. What, what, what happened up in here, right? <laughs> so, oh, don't you mess with me now, Todd. But isn't it true that you can only live as healthy of a life as all three parts of your body are healthy? Not just your soul, your, your physical body, as well as your spirit man, right? So how do we refresh our bodies and replenish our spirits? So to refresh our bodies, we have to obey the Sabbath and take a day off. And many times we don't make the connection. 
Like, why are we so tired in the Sabbath? And so Exodus 28 says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all the work. But on the seventh days, the Sabbath to the Lord your God, on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your, your son or daughter, nor your maidservant or your, your manservant or your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien with your gates, within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, verse 8 says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy means to set it apart. And so the Sabbath is a holy day that should be treated with reverence and with the fear of God. Really. Right? Right? Amen. The Lord makes it very clear what the purpose of the Sabbath day is. In verse 10, the seventh day is the Sabbath unto the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. The purpose of the Sabbath is to rest. To rest. God knows our bodies need rest. Right? And so, remember keeping the Sabbath day is not a suggestion, it's a command. Keeping the Sabbath day is one of the ten, not suggestions, the ten commandments, so it should be obeyed, right? And the reality is, to not keep the Sabbath day is really disobeying God. Did I just say that? Yeah, I need to say it again. When you don't take a day off and rest, you're in disobedience to God. And say, I've been doing that for a while. He's been letting me get away with it. You're going to pay for it one day. You know, right? Like the children of Israel, they didn't let the land rest. They ended up in, in captivity for a long time, 490 years, right? I heard a pastor say recently, Keeping the Sabbath is the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that Christians don't mind breaking. <laughs> That's convicting. What do you do on the Sabbath? Or do you do a Sabbath? What we're supposed to do is anything but work. We're supposed to rest. You see, this is not meant to condemn, but to exhort and to encourage. Because how does your body stay healthy? You got to rest it. And listen, I got you can't see it, but I got a mirror right here and I got four fingers pointing at me. Todd, listen to what you're saying. Do what you're saying. I'm telling you, I'm just being honest with you. I'm one of those Christians that break the Sabbath commandment more than I should. And I'm not talking to you as an expert. I'm talking to you with conviction saying, if you will take the Sabbath day and keep it holy and worship God and rest your body, your life is going to go to another level of extraordinary. Amen? Here's why it's so important. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. How many of you know there's a special blessing associated with obeying the Sabbath? I tell people they should take a nap on Sunday because there's a special grace to take a nap on Sunday. Amen. And the greatest blessing is your body gets a break. Amen. 
And I've noticed whenever I disobey this and I violate this principle, I struggle the rest of the week because I'm gassed by day one and I got the whole week to go. Amen. So God created the Sabbath day principle so we can live healthier lives. To refuel your spirit, we have to stay connected to the vine. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Have you ever noticed what happens to a branch that's cut off a tree? I mean, when you first caught it up, it looks normal. But after a while, I mean, they got branches in your yard, probably under your trees. And they got, they got a science project going on right there. I mean, they got bugs. They got, it's rotting. It's decaying. It's withered. And Jesus uses that analogy. It says, this is what happens when you don't connect to the vine. You become like a dead branch. There's no life in a dead branch. If you don't want to be a dead branch, you got to connect to the vine. You can't live a vibrant life when your spirit is withering away from being disconnected to the vine. Amen? Come on. I mean, that's a clear picture, isn't it? And so we need to water our spirit, man, with the Lord's living water. Amen? I mean, listen, have you ever had a plant that you forgot you had and you didn't water it and you returned to it and it's like, it's in pitiful shape. It's a, it's a, an unwatered plant that dies. And so, listen, you could be a Christian and go to heaven, but you can have a dry spirit. You can have a withered spirit. You don't have to spend time in the presence of God. You don't have to sit and read your Bible. You don't have to. You get to go to heaven by faith. But if you want to live an extraordinary life, you better water your soul. Amen. Come on. You better water that plant. If you want it to have, listen, if you got a tomato garden and you want some tomatoes, you better water that plant. Amen. If you want fruit in your life, you better take the time to water your spirit. Because your body can be fine. You know, some people, man, they're fit as a fiddle. They have no body fat at all. I mean, they're just great. But their spirit, man, is suffering big time. Amen. You know, some people, their their soul is okay. But their spirit, man, oh, man, it's lacking big time. Amen. And so, listen, you have to refuel your spirit by getting connected to the vine. John 4, 13, Jesus answered and said, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Amen. You know, in the hospitals, they have chapels. You know why they have chapels in the hospital? Because even people that are going through the greatest time of adversity they say, man, we need to create a place for them to go hide. We need, we need more silence in our life. We, we need more stillness in our life. We, we need more tranquility in our life to let our spirit man get watered and nurtured. Amen. Because you can't persevere 
if you don't have fuel in the tank. You ever went down the road and you see somebody carrying a gas tank? They were on a journey. They were headed somewhere, but they're just not going to get there that quick because they ran out of gas. We can't run out of gas because we won't cross the finish line. We won't finish your race. Amen. You know, you heard me tell this story, but a number of years ago, Tanya and I went to the mall and uh, we were shopping and it was my day off. And, and so, uh, we were shopping and, um, and I was struggling. I mean, I was looking at the tile on the floor thinking, I want to lay down right there, take a nap. I am like, I have no energy at all. I mean, I'm dragging, you know? And so along the way, you know, I'm, I'm just like, okay, okay, don't worry, be happy and just keep hanging there, you know, and, and, you know, just keep going. And then finally I had a thought, I'm thirsty. And so I, I, we went to a, 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 one of those machines. Coke machine, you know, they have water and grab the water and I down the water, like the whole thing. And all of a sudden, like, wow, honey, you want to go to the next door? What? Yeah, look, I'm ready to go. I thought you was ready to go. I was, but I'm ready to go. I put gas in my tank. See, I was, I was dehydrated and I needed, I needed water. It makes me think, I wonder how many People in church are dehydrated. They love Jesus. They're going to heaven. They're just not tapping into the vine, and they're dehydrated. And they, they need some fresh water in their day. Come on. If we're going to live an extraordinary life, man, come on, we got to learn how to refresh our body and refuel our spirit, man. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's got more water than we need. Amen. And we just got to take the time. We just got to make it a priority to sit at his feet and get refueled and refired. And I promise you, we're going to be ready to persevere and we're going to face adversity, but we're not going to throw in the towel or we're not going to give up. We're going to keep on keeping on. Amen. Come on. If you receive that, say amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor and just bow your head with me for just a moment? You might be here today and you, you kind of relating to what we're talking about here today. You know, Jesus said that you must be born again of the spirit in the flesh. You've been born of the flesh already. You were human. You're here. But some of us have not been born of the spirit. And that's when you get filled. That's when your spirit man gets touched with the Spirit of God, and His Spirit begins to water your soul. See, before I became a Christian, my life was empty. I lived gassed. I, had, I was physically okay. Monetarily, I was okay. I had a great job. But inside, it was an emptiness because I needed my spirit watered. I needed to be born again. And you might be here today and you need to be born again. You need to give your life to Christ. You need to not just believe in God. You need to surrender to the Lord. You need to say, Lord, I'm ready to give my life to you. And if that's you today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? Would you pray a prayer of faith? I, I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you, just raise your hand up real quick so I can see it. And I want to pray for you. Thank you. I see your hand right here. Right here, ma'am. I see your hand right here, ma'am. Just hold your hand up. Hold your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. I want to pray. I see your hand back here. Come on, let's pray together. Those of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray together as a family. Just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. 
Thank you for shedding your blood for my sins. Lord, I'm sorry for my rebellion. I'm sorry, Lord, for rebelling against you. But today I repent. I ask you to forgive me and I give my life to you. Lord Jesus, would you cleanse me? Would you wash my sins away? Would you empower me to walk away from every sin and to live my life for you? Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless those of you that raised your hand. There's a card in the pew that said, I made a decision of you. Take time to fill that out. Bring it to the, to the desk in the lobby. They'll give you some information you need. With the rest of you, just stand with me this morning. You know, we've been talking about adversity. And we've been talking about carrying burdens and how to handle those. And sometimes we go through adversity and it starts to make us bitter instead of making us better. Would you just, just one more minute, just bow your head with me. How many of you are going through adversity right now and you just need to get a little bit better perspective of what you're going through? Let me see your hands and say, Lord, help me today. Help me today. And how many of you today, you say, Todd, I'm tired. I'm burdened down. Man, I needed encouragement today because I'm, I'm running out of gas. I'm tired. I'm weary. Let me see your hands. Say, that's me, man. That's me. Those of you that raised your hands for either one of these, I want you to raise your hands again. Just raise your hands. And I want you, I want to ask you to do me a favor and just come to the altar today. Just come walk to the altar. And I want to pray for you. Because, you know, I just really feel that God loves you enough to want to help you get through what you're going through. He wants to change your life. He don't want you to just get to heaven. He wants you to enjoy life while you're here. He wants you to enjoy life. Now, listen, as you get up here, I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to just lift your hands towards heaven. Some of you, you just need to just get a different perspective on adversity and say, Lord, I want the blessing in this. I don't want to lose out on the blessing. I want to grab a hold of the blessing. And I want you just right there. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry for any attitudes. Lord, I'm sorry for, Lord, the junk in my life. I'm asking you to just swipe it out of my life, Lord. I want pure. I want pure metal. I want a pure heart today. I want all the impurities removed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you, you've just been heavy. Come on, the Lord said, come to me if you're weary and you're burdened, and I will give you rest. Now listen, I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask the pastoral team, the altar workers to come, and they're going to agree with you. But let's pray together right now. Just let's pray together. Come on, I, I'm just joining my faith with yours right now. And I'm believing a miracle is going to happen right here, right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I declare, Lord, in the supernatural hand of God is coming down on you. And that, Lord, you are just touching them way deep down into their spirit, man. And that you're causing, Lord, a supernatural breakthrough to happen right now now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Lord thank you Father Brother Francis 
Miss Betty Jo, would you guys come? Any altar workers, would you just come? We want to agree with you this morning. Reach out your hands towards those that are up here. Joseph, would you come and help us pray? Ken, would you, Tina, come? Come and help us pray. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray for you. We're going to agree. Come on. In the name of Jesus. I don't want you to leave the way that you came. In the name of Jesus, we declare right now that something supernatural is happening on the inside of each person that's here at the altar. I declare the Spirit of God, the grace of God, the blessing of the Lord is moving in their hearts and lives. Thank you, Father God, for touching them deep into their soul today. Lord, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing that is being released right now over this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Father God. Come on, let's sing this. Come on. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Come on, let's sing it. Let's declare it. Come on, we have a friend this morning. All our sins and griefs to us to develop the spirit of perseverance, Lord. Not giving up, not quitting, but hanging in there and putting our faith and trust in you. You who started the work is faithful to complete it. We believe that and we receive that today by faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll keep praying for those that are up here. Have a great day.